Merry Christmas and good morning to you. It is so good to have you with us for worship this morning. We want to invite you to stand as we sing some great songs of Christmas together this morning. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. Joy to the world. Day about Christmas Day. We sing together, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Good. 
Why don't you turn to someone near you and wish them Merry Christmas this morning? No need to sit down. We're going to keep singing, but we want to take a moment just to welcome each other in this place as we've gathered to celebrate on Christmas Day. Together, let's sing this morning, joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun. i mm-hmm. 
That's what Jesus brings. He brings the tidings, the, 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 the good news. Of course, the angels heralded because Jesus is the one that brought comfort and joy and peace to our lives as we trust in him by faith. Merry Christmas. We want to invite you to be seated this morning. We're going to continue. But now what I want to do is invite our kids to join me at the front for a Christmas story. We do this traditionally on Christmas Eve. But every few years when Christmas Day falls on a Sunday morning, we do it on Christmas Day as well. We're going to be seated here just like we were last night. You guys can come in. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas to you. It sure is good to see all of you here this morning. Has everybody had a good Christmas day so far? Good. I'm so glad to hear that. And I know that the day is going to be a great one all the way through. This morning, I want to read to you a story. And the name of this story is Song of the stars. Do you see this really bright star in the sky? Have you ever gone outside and seen a really bright star in the sky? You have? Some of you have, some of you haven't. Sometimes there are really bright stars. Well, on Christmas Day, there was a really bright star that shone in the sky. And this morning, we're going to learn what that star was all about. The world was about to change forever. And it almost went unnoticed. But the leaves that night rustled with a rumor. News rang out across the open fields. A song drifted over the hills. Does everyone see? What do we see on the hills? What kind of animals do you think those are? You can just say it. You don't have to raise your hand for that. Yeah, they're cows. So these, there are cows all through the field. But do you see these? What, what do you think these are? Sheep. Sheep. That's right. The wind whispered it softly in the sycamore trees that waved their moonlit branches to the sky. A barn owl fly, took flight. Woodland creatures stirred. It's time. It's time. You see, the animals are, they're noticing that something is happening and they're coming together. And one of the animals says, it's time. It's time. What do you think it's time for? Bed. Bed. Time for bed? 
I think it's time for Christmas. I think Lily's got it. I think it's time for Christmas. In the pine woods, two deer raised their heads. A big brown bear sniffed the air. A red fox darted. The faces of little flowers lifted to the skies. It's time. It's time. What other animals might you see in this picture that we haven't named already? Foxes, deer, bear. Yeah, all of those are there. You saw a deer? Yeah, Koi saw the deer. The skies shouted it to the seas that thundered to the waves that roared it to the great white whales that sang it to the starfish in the deep. And tiny sandpipers danced it on shining sands. It's time. It's time. There are fish in that picture. You're right. There are fish. And the, the point is that the news is spreading to animals everywhere. And we're going to learn what that news is in just a moment. The running rivers bounded over boulders, and the otters clapped and played and sang to the ducklings that splashed and quacked, to the salmon that leaped and leaped. You see a duck? Look at this fish. He's way up in the air. What kind of fish jump in the air? Salmon. Jack, Jack knew. Salmon. And tiny field mice and insects and little creeping things and sparrows and robins and every single blade of grass squeaked and hummed and chirped and sang. It's time. It's time. You see more of the animals? I even see a spider. Do you see a spider in this picture? No, there are mice. You're right. And bees and birds. Wild stallions drummed it to the ground. Get ready. Get ready. Be glad. Look at these horses. They're running. Uh-huh. Horses. So everybody's getting ready. Ooh, here's a, a great animal. And on a lonely peak, a lion raised its strong head and roared it out to the empty wilderness. The mighty king, the prince of peace. A lion. Okay, so this is what I want us to do together. Lions roar. I want to hear your best lion roar, okay? I'm going to count to three, and then I want you to roar. And let's hear your very best lion roar. You think you can do that? Okay, on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. That's pretty good. Pretty good. You guys would make some good lions. All the stars joined together in a chorus that rang out through the heavens. The bright and morning star. And on a hillside overlooking a little town, sheep nuzzled their new lambs. The good shepherd. Do you see the bright star in the sky? And here are the sheep. And this is the town of Bethlehem. Now, what do we know happened in the town of Bethlehem? We learned this last night. Jesus was born. That's right. Jesus got born in Bethlehem. Suddenly, angels lit up the whole sky, and a great choir sang it out loud. It's time. He's come. At last, he's here. And in the little town, in a little shed, in a little window, a candle flickered in the dark. Do you see? Okay, this is, this is the little shed in this little town. I'm pointing to it. 
It's right here on the hill. That's right. And all of the angels are around. And what do you suppose that the angels are singing or are celebrating? That Jesus is born. Glory to God in the highest, peace and on earth, goodwill to men, right? That's what they sang to the shepherds. They said, don't be afraid because we bring you good news of glad joy that will be for all the people. And a tiny cry rang out in the cold night air. And high above a single star set in the highest heavens shone out brighter than all the others and poured down silver onto the little shed, a light to light up the whole world. Do you see how the bright star is shining its light on this little shed? Do you see that? That's what it's talking about. Sheep. Mm-hmm. And camels. You see a camel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of them. The animals stood around his bed, and the whole earth and all the stars and sky held its breath. The one who made us has come to live with us. What an incredible story. The one, the one who made all the animals, the one who made everything in the world, had come to live in the, wor- the world. Now, let me ask a question. Maybe you know the answer to this already. Who is the one that made everything? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, that's right. God. But the the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that it was Jesus. Jesus is the one who made everything. And a young mother with no place to rest, nowhere to stay, kept it as a song inside her heart. Our rescuer. You see, now the young mother, that's Mary, isn't it? And Mary was the mother of Jesus. So who's the baby that she's holding there? That's baby Jesus. And this is what she said. Listen to this. She said, our rescuer. She recognized that this little baby had come to save us from our sin. And that's what Jesus did. He came to save us from our sin. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift lying on a bed of straw wrapped in rags, a tiny little baby. This is God's great gift to us. Remember, we learned that last night. God's greatest gift to us is Jesus. It looks like they're going to eat them, doesn't it? Yeah, but they're not. They're not going to eat him. Heaven's son sleeping under the stars that he made. So there he is, Jesus, the maker of the stars, who came into this world and lived as one of us, God's greatest gift to us, baby Jesus. And I want you to remember, just like we talked about last night, I want to say it again today, that God's greatest gift to us is Jesus. And so of all the presents that you will open this year at Christmas, of all the the good things, of all the good things that will happen, the best present is Jesus. That's right. The best present of all is Jesus. Okay. Well, so what we learned last night was that the best present of all is Jesus. And so let's pray and say, thank you, God, for giving us Jesus. You want to pray with me? We'll bow our heads. We'll close our eyes. God, we thank you that you gave us Jesus. We recognize he is the greatest gift of all. And as we celebrate him and we, and, and we celebrate with this 
day, this Christmas day, we want to give you thanks for your love for us, that you gave your son for us. All this we pray in your name. Amen. Hey guys, thank you for joining me. This was a lot of fun. You can go back to your family now. Be careful as you go. Moms and dads, if you see the look on their face that says, I don't remember where I came from, you might look for them as well. We have one other song that we want to sing together this morning. You can remain seated for this. This is a song that we've learned this year at Christmas that reminds us of, of all that God did, but it uses in particular this phrase that has been the, the highlight really of our Advent season, come and see. And so we sing together this morning this song that reminds us to come and see what God has done. We sing. Love incarnate, love divine, star and angels gave the sign. Bow to babe on bended knee, the Savior of humanity. Unto us a child is born And he shall reign forevermore Noel, Noel Come and see what God has done
Noel means born. And so this song just reminds us that Jesus was born, that God gave his son, that he might come into our world, step into our reality, that he would live like one of us, ultimately that he would die on the cross and offer himself as payment for our sin. That's what we celebrate when we think of Jesus. No. God, we thank you that you were born. We understand that you were born in order to save us from our sin. So Jesus, this year at Christmas, open our eyes to see, even as we've, as we've sang, as we've made it sort of the, the, the emphasis of our, of our Advent season this year, come and see, help us to see clearly what it is that you have done that we may respond in love and faith. And all this we pray in your name. Amen. This morning I want us to Look together at John chapter 3. So if you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn to John chapter 3. This is going to be a passage of Scripture that I have the great confidence you know by heart, that you could probably recite this word for word. In fact, for many of you, John 3.16 is perhaps the very first verse that you learned in the Bible. For me personally, the first verse I remember committing to memory was John 3, 16. And I remember as a, a, a four-year-old, okay, now that's, that's going way back in, in the catalogs of my memory. But I have specific memories of being at church in my Sunday school class, learning together John 3, 16, that we might know this truth. What a blessed truth it is. But this morning, I want us to study together John 3, 16, because not only is it maybe we might say the most, the most foundational truth that we would build our faith upon, but also there's an important reality here, an important word even that I want us to see this morning that really is at the heart of what Christmas is about. John 3, 16. We're going to read verses 16 through 18 together. The words will be on the screens of course, for you to follow along as well. Or you can use the blue Bibles that are in the backs of the pews in front of you. If you'd like, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already 
because he does not, he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Now, the context of John 3.16 is really important for us to understand. And so the story that we see in the third chapter of John is that Jesus is approached by a teacher of the law. He's approached by a man named Nicodemus. We learn in John 3.1 that Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and then he also was a ruler of the Jews. Now, both of those, both of those, those titles of sorts, both of those, uh, those, those, those pieces of his story are really important. First of all, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. That meant that he was a devout religious man. That means that he would have had the first five books of your Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He would have had that committed to memory from a young age. Before even he was the age of 12, he would have committed to memory the, what we refer to as the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Not only that, but he knew the law. Not only was there the, the, the Pentateuch, the, the Torah, as they understood it, that was their word for it. But in addition to that, there was a series of laws based on the Torah, and then there was the way that they would interpret those laws. They referred to that interpretation, that process as midrash. And so not only did he know the law, not only did he know the rules, but he knew all about why. And, and so he, he was a devout religious man. But not, it, not only that, he was a ruler of the Jews, which means that he was a man of some position. Position, a man of responsibility, that in addition to the fact that he was a devout religious man, he also was an important, we'll call it political figure in his day. And Nicodemus came to Jesus, and he had this question, essentially. He asked the question, what must we do to see the kingdom of God? What must we do? And so Jesus begins to tell him this, this, the answer. He's unpacking it for him. He's teaching him. And Jesus tells Nicodemus that you must be born again, that if you are to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Now, probably what Nicodemus had in mind when he asked Jesus about seeing the kingdom of God was something akin to what we might think of a political movement. Probably Nicodemus' true motivation was because he was a ruler of the Jews and, a, and a, a, a religious man. He was looking for Jesus to establish an earthly kingdom, an earthly governance. He was looking for Jesus essentially to take over. Jesus, what are you going to do? What is the trigger? What is the moment? What is the event? What are we looking for that you would take over, that we would kick the Romans out of our territory, that we would become independent, that we would rule ourselves? And if you are the Messiah, that you would establish this throne of David and rule over us as a people. What are we waiting for? What are we looking for? And Jesus responds in a way that is most likely, in, we, we might say really in the opposite, the total opposite of what Nicodemus was expecting. Nicodemus was expecting Jesus to answer, at least what he was hoping that Jesus would answer, would some kind of plan some kind of a platform. That's the language we would use today, right? Your political platform, your party's agenda. And, and so Nicodemus is saying, Jesus, what's the plan? What's the plan? How are we going to do this? And Jesus says, oh, Nicodemus, the only way that this is going to happen is if you're born again. And Nicodemus is taken aback. 
How can, I be, how can anyone be born again? What does it even mean to be born again? And Jesus answers him and tells him plainly that I'm not talking about being born of flesh and blood. I'm talking about a spiritual birth. And so Nicodemus has more questions, and he presses Jesus. But then we see that important reality, that important truth that Jesus says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. See, the key word that I want us to focus on this morning is the word gave. How do we know that God loved us? What is, according to John 3, 16, what is the demonstration of God's love for us? It's that God gave, is it not? That he gave us Jesus. Last night, we lit the center candle of our Advent wreath, which is the Christ candle. And we talked about how Jesus is the life that was the light of men, and that he came into the world in order that the light might shine in the darkness. And the light did shine. The light is shining in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And that to all who believed on him, we saw in John chapter 1, verse 12 last night, he gave the right to become children of God. Well, that's the same truth that Jesus is teaching Nicodemus again in John chapter 3, that you must be born again, Nicodemus. You must respond by faith. But what, to what? What are we responding to? Well, plainly it's this, to Jesus, God's gift to us, because God so loved us, God so loved you that he gave Jesus. Now, there's a lot of things God could have done to demonstrate his love. There's a lot of ways that God, God could have created a, a, a political movement. God could have established, he could have established literally heaven on earth and then just invited us to come and live inside of heaven's gates. Praise God, someday that very thing is going to happen as he brings heaven down to earth, Revelation teaches us. But God could have done that first. But no, of, of all the things that he could have done, what was the first step that God took in this unfolding plan that we see lived out in the Gospels? God gave Jesus his demonstration, his indisputable, undeniable proof of his love for us. Jesus, God's greatest gift. In my lifetime, I've received some really incredible gifts. I mean, I even just, I think, and my mind is just flooded with memories of Christmases and, and family gatherings and, and birthdays and, and all the things. And I've received some really incredible gifts in my lifetime. Maybe you have too. In fact, I want you to think of what is the greatest gift and, and all, okay, all spiritual uh, answers aside here, right? I'm, I'm not talking about Yes, the greatest gift of all is Jesus. That's where we're going. You get it, right? But I mean, of all the presents from all the birthdays and all the Christmases or all of the, even the, maybe even the surprise, what is the, what's the best gift you've ever received? Think about that for yourself for a moment. You don't have to share that with anybody else. Perhaps over lunch today, that might be a great topic of conversation that you could say together as a family. What, what was your answer to what Pastor Michael said? What, was your, what would have been your answer for the greatest gift? But when you think about that gift, Here's the point that I want you to understand. Whatever that is, and however good it was, and however much you appreciated and you enjoyed that gift, it, it's, it's, it's nothing compared to Jesus. It doesn't hold a candle compared to the depth, the richness, the wonder of God's love that was demonstrated to us through his greatest gift of all, 
Jesus. Each year at Advent, we light four candles. We light the hope candle, peace, joy, and love. These are the four candles. And I think each of these things, hope, peace, joy, and love, they represent in so many ways what everyone is searching for. Everyone is searching for hope and peace and joy and love. And, and even if you don't know to, to, to call it that, even if, even if you don't, even if, if you weren't able to put it into words, I, I really believe that the thing that our hearts long for is hope and peace and joy and love. And isn't it amazing when we think about that, that all of that is given to us in Jesus the reason that the Christ candle is in the center of the Advent wreath is because Jesus is in the center of all of this. And the mistake that we make so much of the time is that we pursue hope, peace, joy, and love apart from Jesus. When in reality, we need to be reminded that the way to experience those things in their fullness, the way to experience the richness, the depth, the wonder of hope, peace, joy, and love that God has intended for you is through his greatest gift, Jesus. And as we trust Jesus by faith, and as we surrender our lives to Jesus, then we experience all these things that God pours out on us. But this is what Jesus taught Nicodemus. This is what these verses remind us, is that the one who believes in these things is not condemned. The one who believes in these things receives them and lives in the fullness. But in verse 18, whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The only way, the only way for us to experience the fullness of God's love is through a relationship with Jesus by faith. I'll go back to John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13 that we looked at last night. To everyone who believed in him, everyone who received him, he gave the right to become children of God, not born of the will of God, of the flesh, or rather of the will of man, of the flesh, but rather the will of God. So the way that we experience this fullness, the way that we the way that we celebrate God's greatest gift is not just by coming to church on Christmas morning. The way that we celebrate God's greatest gift is not just in giving gifts to one another. It's not just, but it's truly, it's receiving Jesus by faith. And when we have received Jesus by faith, now as we give gifts to one another, it's just an extension of the love that God has poured out on us. Now as we do things in, of, of kindness and goodness and, 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 and as we, we take care of each other and express all of that becomes an extension of what we've already received by faith in trusting in God. That we would receive Jesus by faith. That we would be children of God. My prayer is that you have made that important decision that you have trusted Jesus by faith, that you have received God's greatest gift by trusting his son, Jesus. In a moment, we're going to move into a time of response, a time of invitation. And the invitation is this, this morning. We would invite you to respond by faith to Jesus. We're going to sing a song, and the title of this song is Jesus Messiah. And the song kind of tells us the story of the gospel. And then there's even a point in the song, we refer to it, musicians refer to it as the bridge, the bridge section of the song, 
we sing these words. All our hope is in you. All our hope is in you. All the glory to you, God, the light of the world. And even as we sing those words, my prayer is that you would know for certain that that truth that we sing about is not just true, but that it's true for you because you've trusted Jesus by faith, because you have received the gift that God gave to you. It can't be earned. You will never earn it. You will never deserve it. You will never be worthy. It must be received as a gift. We have to humble ourselves to receive it as a gift. Would you be willing to receive Jesus by faith, God's greatest gift given to you? I would ask that you would bow your head and close your eyes as we prepare for this moment of response. And even as we think of our response to Jesus in this moment, my prayer is that you would would know for certain in your heart. And if there's never been that moment when you have trusted Jesus by faith, and even as we sing this song together in a moment, we would extend to you the invitation, the opportunity to trust Jesus by faith. You just simply could step out in the aisle, make your way forward. Our staff will be here at the front ready to pray with you, ready to receive you, walk you through that prayer of committing your life to Jesus if that's you today. So God, as we pray to you this morning, we thank you for your your great gift. We thank you that you gave your son as a demonstration of your love to us. Lord, humbly we recognize that we will never be worthy of that gift. We also thank you that we don't have to be because you've given it freely. Now as We sense you moving in our hearts, Lord. We want to respond in obedience and faith to you as we trust in you, Jesus. All this we pray in your name. Amen.